The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah! Go, Cowboys! Let's go, baby! Are you ready for a break? Uh, yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Ambar Garcia. Brian Broadus, Patrick Walker, and Derek Eagleton. It is Tuesday, August 29th, 2023, season 19, episode number 22. Welcome to the latest edition of The Break. We are live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. We got the full crew back in today, and it's a great day to have everybody back in studio because today is cut down day. Uh, We are going to be uh, breaking that down for you guys. I got my analysts here. They're going to tell you their best thoughts on what we think will happen uh, here when the Cowboys have to make their final cuts to get down to the final 53-man roster. Before we do that, though, Cowboys make a move last week since the last time we had a show. Uh, They acquire quarterback Trey Lance uh, for a fourth-round pick. Let's start first with what do you guys think was the strategy behind this? Because I think that's where most of the conversation on this move has been. What do you think was the Cowboys' strategy in going out and spending a fourth-round pick to pick up a guy like Trey Lance? I think they're playing the long game, obviously. Uh, when you look at Trey Lance, uh, you have to look at where he is right now versus you know what the scope of what he might do coming in. Because if you look at it right now, that's more realistic to what the Cowboys' plan is going to be. They're trying to develop him uh, as a backup quarterback at at worst case. So worst case, he's going to be your definitive backup uh, in the post-Cooper Rush era, which could be as early as 2024 if Trey Lance develops quickly enough. Um, But I'm of the mindset and I'm of the understanding in having these conversations. I know Brian has had them as well. This move is in no way... Um, to leverage against Dak Prescott. This is not that move. This is something the Cowboys are looking at and saying, hey, we're not going to pick up this guy's fifth-year option. So it's a two-year plan. Try to develop him. If he turns into a definitive QB2, wonderful. You gave up a fourth-round pick for a definitive definitive developmental QB2. You've been trying to draft a development guy for the past couple years, and you've not done it. Um, Best case is he develops well enough in that you can – maybe trade him in two years and maybe you lose that fourth up front, but maybe you get a third rounder if he can prove he can be a capable NFL starter. So they're playing the long game with Trey Lance. And uh, the only problem I have with it was just the compensation itself. The fourth rounder was right there up against my hard line, which was a fifth round pick. If you go back and listen to what John Lynch said, what Shanahan said, they were actually pleasantly surprised to get a fourth. But I know the Cowboys were in a situation where they really wanted Trey and a couple of other teams came into the conversation. Maybe those other teams threw fifths on the table. Jerry, Stephen, and Will said, hey, let's just get it done, put a fourth on the table, and here he is. Yeah, I worked for a general manager that gave up an extra one for Joey Galloway when he really didn't have to. Just he wanted the player that badly. Mm -hmm. And I think it goes back to how they – Saw Trey Lance grade-wise. Uh, you know, when you look at uh, where he's at on their board, top of the second round, uh, you know, that's uh, – the Cowboys have a history of not tanking seasons to get high draft picks. And the way to get your quarterback, uh, maybe it's a franchise or a future quarterback for a lot of teams, is be poor. You have a bad season and pick in the top five. 
Cowboys aren't going to do that. And they have a history of this. They have a history of not. They have, We have a history of, of, you know, you go back to when Jerry got the team and the Steve Walsh, the supplemental picks. You go back and you think about Quincy Carter. You go back when you start to think about working out baseball players. You start to think <laughs> about all those things. Good old days. It's never been a situation where – we're going to take the fourth overall pick and draft a quarterback. Had an opportunity a couple of years ago to take the tenth pick and maybe get Justin Fields. Didn't do that. So they're they're more willing to try and say, listen, we had this guy on our board at a certain spot. He's available. The fourth round pick is to me. I, I don't look at it as strongly as you do. And I love to draft. I love picks. I think it's something you can get back. Uh, you know, at Dallas last year, you guys had some great audio and video of Jerry Jones talking about Kansas City moving back five spots and picking up a three. That's how things work. You don't worry about that. You know, where they need to what they need to work on now is getting the player in and getting him acclimated. And I mean acclimated when you have twenty some odd coaches. Put these coaches to work. There needs to be post-practice where he's out there with scout team receivers. He's out there learning the offense. He needs to have a practice after a practice is what he really, really needs. And, you know, I, I think it, it's it's more about at least gives you options. I, the thing with Dak Prescott, you might let this thing ride. This is the one organization the general manager is not going anywhere. He's not. That's just the way it's built in for the organization. That's the way they operate, and that's just fine. Most teams have a general manager that has to have a quarterback or they get fired. So this team can play a game where, okay, we're willing to move on. We're not going to pay a quarterback $50 million. We're not going to do that in two years. They have those options. Maybe Trey Lance does develop enough to where you say, we can, we can sign him for this, we can play him, and then we can build our team around that. I, I think that's the direction, really, that they're going with this uh, with this addition. Yeah, when the Cowboys, when the news started coming out, it was one of those WTF moments, like, <laughs> what is going on? But it makes sense now after you sit and, and analyze the whole situation. It makes perfect sense. At the time, though, it just felt like when speaking about a trade, the last thing on my mind would be to address the quarterback position. But if we remember... Uh, Heading into the draft this year, earlier this year, Jerry Jones did come out and say they were going to draft a quarterback, and it did mm-hmm. not play out that way. They didn't. So you know quarterback was as part, part of their needs in wanting to develop a younger guy. This is not a proven guy, but I think it plays into kind of what they were looking for and, and what they've come out and said that they look for every year in the offseason to keep developing these young guys. So makes perfect sense. Just very, very crappy situation, which I'm sure is gonna, we're going to talk about Will Greer, but just the moment of when it happened um, and everything we experienced for, yeah. for yeah. that game. I kind of feel like, though, this is just me, and maybe it's the hardened personnel guy in me. If Will Greer would have played well for three weeks, maybe you don't think about... No, that's a fact. You don't think yeah. about this. That's a fact. You know, and, and, yeah, it's terrible timing, but... You're also in a situation where they talk about this, and they're very proud of this. They talk about personnel acquisition as a 24-7 job around here. You know, your mm-hmm. job is to build your team, whether you know you feel like you got a third quarterback or you don't, or you have the opportunity to add a guy you had on your board in the second round. You know, these things present themselves throughout. 
and we can cry for Argentina and all that stuff <laughs> like that when it comes to Will Greer after a game. But me, I'm kind of my thought is I'm thinking like, bro, if you'd have played well in three weeks, the three weeks you had an opportunity to play, maybe they don't make this decision. Yeah. You know, and I, I'm all about team building. I'm all about trying to get better. You know, maybe that's the personal side of the business I kind of pull myself back from. But I, I think these players. You have Dak calling the plays for him. Yeah. Maybe that was that. Maybe that was the extra. No, help I, you he know, I give, I give Dak a lot of credit. And I was critical of this because in, the, in, in our uh, pregame show, I was sitting there thinking if I was a player that was fighting for my job, I would, you know, do you think enough of me to do everything in your power to help me maybe make this team? You know, and I and I thought that call the plays. Yeah, it's unusual and all that. If one of the other assistants would have called plays, I kind of understand. But to me, you know, it, it it's one of those things. It was kind of strange the way it went out. It worked out fine. Dak did a hell of a job. Yeah, he really did. And you know, and to Will Greer's credit, he did a hell of a job too. Mm-hmm. He just needed to do a hell of a job against Jacksonville and Earlier. Seattle, and then also this Raider team. And maybe they're not thinking about this. Maybe they're not thinking about Trey Lance. Yeah, but, you know, I think the thing about it is even if, let's say, Will may have have played better earlier in the preseason, I still think this is an intriguing opportunity for the Cowboys with Trey Lance. I mean, they had a very high grade on this guy. As you mentioned, Amber, they went into the draft this year thinking, hey, if we have an opportunity to pick up a quarterback, we'd want to do it. And so you knew that that was something they wanted to improve on. Um, And the way I look at it is I really don't think this is necessarily necessarily about Dak this is about talent acquisition you your but your old boss Bill Parcells used to say it we're in the talent acquisition business right and at a position like quarterback Mm -hmm. you can never have too many really good quarterbacks let's say he develops into a really great quarterback that doesn't necessarily mean he'll be here that doesn't necessarily mean that Dak will be gone what that means is you may have two good quarterbacks, and then you may say, okay, which one do we think gives us the best chance to win now and in the future and whichever other one you got Maybe you decide we're going to keep Dak. We're going to re-up the deal. We're willing to pay him fifty million or whatever right. that number is. And guess what, NFL? We're open for business. Exactly. Who wants Who wants Trey Lance on their team after we've shown you in the preseason in a yeah. game or two he can do some things? Exactly. And we've got you intrigued now talking to all the other teams yeah. and those other thirty-one teams now come bidding. That's where this is a an advantage for the Cowboys. More so than anything you could have gotten from Will Greer. Like, there aren't going to be teams that are beating down your door for Will Greer. Now, you start showing a former first-round pick, number three overall pick, that now is starting to show progress, you're going to have a lot of teams who are very interested in possibly trading for him. That's the value of going out and getting Trey Lance for a fourth-round pick and maybe turning that into a first-round pick, and that's a second-round pick, it's, whatever round yeah. pick you can get if you decide to part ways. It's a Bill Belichickian model, right? Yeah. And, and no, I'm not comparing Dak Prescott to Tom Brady, but if you're talking as far as the, the business model is concerned, Brady was there in New England. They went and got Jimmy G. Right. And they got Jimmy G and they let Jimmy G develop behind Tom Brady. And then eventually they flipped Jimmy G to San Francisco. So to your point, to my point earlier, this is what I feel like is the best case scenario for the Cowboys. And yes, of course, they're going to have options yeah. if Trey Lance develops. But he would have to develop in, in order to supplant Dak Prescott. He would have to develop at strides that would blow our minds between now and a possible contract extension. And I just don't see it because it's not Trey Lance versus Dak right now. It's Trey yeah. Lance versus Cooper Rush. Yeah, right but now. it gives right. you options. Yeah, right. You know, it gives you options, course, and yes. like I say, there's going to be a team that's not going to pay a quarterback that is a top-10 quarterback $58 million. 
There's there's not going to be somebody's going somebody's going to step up and they say it's more important that you know why do all these teams have success or talk about the success that they have with a quarterback that's under a rookie contract because that takes up the majority of your cap. So to me, I think it gives them options. I, I don't think this is. I don't think this. The the plan here was, hey, let's let's get Trey Lance and trade him. I don't think that's the plan. I think the the, the plan here is to really figure out if Trey Lance can play. That I think is the plan. Right. That's the plan. But I think all options are open to them. Right. right. So I don't think. So I, I agree with you. I don't think their plan going in was we're going to get him to trade him. I right. do think their plan was we're going to get him to develop him. And then we will see what happens. We'll right. See what Maybe happens. we decide to trade him. Maybe we decide to keep him. Right. Maybe he's our backup. Maybe he's maybe there's some universe where he's good enough to be a starter. Sure. The point is. They wanted to develop him because of where he was drafted and the grade they right. had on him. No question. They figured they could get that out of him. No 100%. question. Right? Or at least wanted to give a try. Yeah. yeah. Right. I, it just gives you a lot more options to, to think about if, in fact, the quarterback numbers get crazy. You know, there might be a situation with the Cowboys that they let this contract with Dak ride the next two years yeah. and see where they're at. You know, the interesting part about that theory, uh, that route, if they decide to go that route— they would be then toward the end of Trey Lance's deal, which right. means they don't get the benefit of that first-year contract with him either because if they've developed Correct. him, right. now his agent's going to say, hey, man, he I want that due. same money all these other quarterbacks out it, there are getting, right? It, it might be a situation you where, you're not paying, you <laughs> where you're not paying $58 million to a guy either. Maybe, though, yeah, yeah, maybe. All right, we appreciate you uh, guys joining us. we got a lot more to go. We're going to get into the second and third segments today. We're going oh, to cut down. the show right No, there. not yet. No, we haven't gotten to the, grit, to the guts of the show yet. Uh, we're going to get into the rust roster cut down. We'll do that when we come back. This is DallasCowboys.com radio. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Cowboys fans, after that move, we've just coined the term Rowdy Replay. Let's roll back the tape. Okay, there's our mascot, Rowdy, cheering on the boys. And now he's on his phone, on his Bank of America mobile banking app? Staying on top of his finances with his virtual financial assistant, Erica. Bank of America's digital tools are so impressive. Cowboys fans just can't stop banking. Learn more at bankofamerica.com slash can't stop banking. Erica is only available in the English language. You must download the latest version of the mobile banking app, only available on select mobile devices. Message and data rates may apply. Member FDIC. They say champions are remembered, but legends are never forgotten. United Ag and Turf offers a winning lineup of John Deere equipment built to tackle any challenge on and off the field. Legendary John Deere tractors, combines, residential mowers, commercial mowers, compact construction equipment, gator utility vehicles, and a full line of golf and sports turf equipment. United Ag and Turf, the official Ag and Turf equipment supplier of the Dallas Cowboys. Visit unitedagandturf.com to find a location near you. Hey, Cowboys fans, ready to spice up your next watch party? Bring Yokiero guacamole and be the game day hero. Yokiero means I want, and we know you want, great, fresh-tasting, ready-to-serve guacamole for your home-gating and tailgating events. Made with real avocados and the perfect blend of spices, it will be the star of any party. You can find us at your local Albertsons or Tom Thumb in the deli section. If you can't find it, talk to your store manager and tell them, Yo Quiero, Yo Quiero Guacamole. Back 
to the break. The 2023 Dallas Cowboys season at AT&T Stadium is right around the corner, and limited season game tickets are available now. Don't miss your chance to see the Cowboys live at AT&T Stadium when they host the NFC East rivals Eagles, Giants, and Commanders, plus the Jets, Patriots, Rams, Seahawks, and Lions. Visit DallasCowboys.com slash tickets or SeatGeek.com, the official ticketing p- provider of AT&T Stadium. Welcome back. It is the second segment of the break. We are live from the SWB. Mortgage Studios at the Star. Uh, today we're going to talk about roster cuts. Oh yeah, this segment brought to you by Blockchain.com. Ding, ding. ding. Okay, got it. Um, we're going to talk about roster cuts today, and I, I want to preface this by saying, and I want to say this as much for us as I do for those out there listening. I know that we get into the habit of talking about NFL players as though they are commodities, uh, but let's remember they are people. And so our conversation today, although we're going to be talking about guys losing their jobs, we're going to be respectful of them. And uh, and for those of you out there who will be talking about them on social media, remember, these are people with families who will be, for some of them, this will be the end of their football careers. Um, and so we'll talk about it with respect. Uh, but at the same time, we will talk about who's going to make this team and who will not. We're going to go through each position. And what I want you guys to do is I want you to do two things. One, I want you to tell me how many people at this position you think they'll keep and uh, and then give me the names of those that you think will, will stick around. I'll throw some names out there for you to help you out uh, and then we'll try to see if we can narrow this thing down. So let's talk about the quarterback position. I think this one should move pretty quickly. We all, I think, agree. Three quarterbacks, Dak Prescott, Cooper Rush, Trey Lance. All agreed? Agreed. 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 Let's move on to the running back position. Uh, how many do you think they'll keep and who do they keep? They got Tony Pollard, Rico Dowdle, uh, Deuce Vaughn, Ronald Jones, Malik Davis, maybe even Hunter Lepke had a nice game in the final preseason game. If you want to keep a fullback, maybe he would be your guy. What do you think will happen at the running back position? I'm carrying three. Three. I'm going Pollard, uh, Dowdle, and Deuce. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to get Malik and Hunter Lipke back onto the practice squad. Agreed. Hmm. Same. Retweet. <laughs> Repost. So, Repost. So in that, exit. In that, you guys are completely moving away from Ronald Jones. Unfortunately, well, he's on suspended list. So, I, so, right. what, well, so what I'm doing is I'm putting him he's on there, suspended. He still uh, stays here. Yeah, but he's. I, I don't have to waive him or anything like that. I'm just going to put him on the suspended list. And after two weeks, if something yeah. happens with my running backs, insurance, I'm have him there. I got you. So you're you're just deferring the decision. Yeah. But if nothing happens, you're saying at the end of two weeks you would let him walk. Yeah. If yeah. if nothing happens, if nothing happens, right? Yeah. Which but, in the but NFL, I, we know. But I'm going to use the suspended list to my advantage. That's what you exactly. Got Davis for. Now, yeah. now that this, just to be clear, the suspension list is not the same as, like, for example, if you wanted to keep a guy that you were going to ultimately put on IR, you would have to put them on the roster first, then move them to mm-hmm. IR. So they have to be on that 53 initially. It's not the same for the suspension list. You're no, saying. okay, just straight. He, you can Go put him right to there, right okay. in that category. Got it. Perfect. So everybody agrees. Three running backs. It would be Tony Pollard, Rico Dowdle, and Deuce Vaughn on the final roster. Yes. Yes. Got it. All right, let's move on to wide receiver. How many do you keep and who do you keep? C.D. Lamb, Brandon Cooks, uh, Michael Gallup, Jalen Tolbert, Kevante Turpin, Simi Fihoko, Jalen Brooks, maybe even. Where do you go? I go with six, and Simi Fihoko's off that list that you had for me. So I went with, uh, I went with Cooks, Turpin, Gallup, Tolbert, and then uh, Lamb. Lamb is what I went. So Lamb, Cooks, Gallup, Tolbert. Turpin, 
And you said Brooks. Yeah. Is that six? That's six. That's six. You go five? No, I'm right there with you on six. The the conversation I was having in my head was Jalen Brooks versus Semi Fajoko. All right, so let's have that debate. You're saying you go, Brian, you're saying you go Brooks. Yeah. You tell me why Semi Fajoko would be a better option than Brooks. I think Semi is, well, the thing with Jalen Brooks is he came in and came on strong, strong camp. You know, strong preseason as well. Uh, Simi had an up and down training camp. When it was down, it was down. When it was up, it was way up. So, but Simi also has um, uh, a longer tenure within this current system. The familiarity with the coaching staff, Dak Prescott, Cooper Rush, obviously. So, there is a lot to be said for that as well, as far as value is concerned. But the more I think about it, uh, it's fifty one forty nine. I'm right there with Brian. I, I think that you you get Jalen Brooks on the fifty three, um, and then. I would try to get Simi on the practice squad. Um, so, yeah, but but yeah, you that's probably could. Yeah, and, and, yeah. I, and I think you could. I think there's a greater chance that you get Simi on the practice squad than you'd get Jalen Brooks on the practice squad. Um, so, because that's also a part of the equation as well when you're talking about these roster cuts. Who of these two players, whatever the two players might be in that conversation, if you want both of them to remain in Dallas, who has the better chance of us, you know, make it to the practice squad? In this instance, I think it'd be Simi over Jalen. So, for me, I'm right there with Brian. Take a little convincing of myself, but I'm right there. <laughs> Gallup, Cooks, Lamb, Tolbert, Turpin, because Turpin has to have a spot. Uh, and then I'll go Jalen Brooks, close call, 51-49. Man, I, I just debated on this position. I almost kept five. And, uh, you know, because everybody keeps telling me that Jalen Brooks could play special teams, you know, and I haven't seen it where with my eyes. And I, I really focus on trying to find him on special teams. They talk about him as a as a gunner. They talk about him on all these the cover guy. They talk about him in all these ways. I was kind of waiting for that for Simi Fajoko. I think Simi Fajoko has had his opportunity. You know, health hasn't always been in his favor. Uh, but I feel like, though, that with Brooks, from what I've seen from him, his ability to go get the football, the crossing routes that he's able to run, uh, the potential for some special team stuff, he's going to be the, the sixth receiver. He's going to probably be inactive every single week. Uh, but I think to have the assurance of a guy that can play the special teams, you know, he looks like the game's not too big for him. You know, he comes in, he makes plays. Uh, you know, he works with Dak, I think, exceptionally well. So, to me, that's why I took a chance on keeping him, just because I think there's a little bit more to his game. I kind of understand what Simi already is. See, that, that was what made the difference for me, is the fact that even though they're kind of right there, I feel more intrigued about Jalen Brooks and what he can give you. I'm, I want to see more of him as opposed to Fajoko that we've had somewhat a longer time period to be with him and look at him. Am I okay? He's still kind of developing. But what Jalen Brooks has given you in this short amount of time just keeps me a lot more intrigued and wanting to see him uh, more of him and in not ready to part ways with him just yet. Well, the, the great point that Brian made is when it comes to Semi Fajoko, coming into this training camp, it was just all about can he remain healthy? And if he remains healthy, yeah. can he challenge for WR4? Well, Jalen Tobert ran away yeah. with WR4. And now here we are having the conversation, not Semi versus uh, Tobert, 
Semi versus the other Jalen, yeah, the seventh round pick. So in that instance, yeah, you now you add in what you've seen from Jalen Brooks as far as potential is concerned, and you don't write off Semi Fahoko completely, but you do look yourself in the mirror and say, hey, you you got to be more intrigued with Jalen Brooks right now, and then try to get Semi on the practice squad. You know, I would even make the argument. I, I go to what Brian kind of mentioned there. I think I would go five at this position. Yeah. The way I look at this is— I struggle with so you're I trying think to the run five, heavy somewhere. Well, I, exactly. I look at this defense. I think it's going to be a much tougher cut. You're gonna, you would be cutting some very valuable players if you start cutting down into that defense, particularly the secondary, and maybe the defensive line. So that being said, I think I would go at five because I feel like the five are a very, very strong five. Mm-hmm. I think you got a good rotation with those five. And here's the interesting part. I actually think you can get both these players to your practice squad. One thing I've learned over the years is we watch a Jalen Brooks throughout training camp, and we think, Mm -hmm. man, there's no way you're getting into your practice squad. And the fact of the matter is every team, every camp has a Jalen Brooks. They have somebody that showed up during training camp that it's like, oh, my gosh, this receiver is so great. And so you, you can probably get both those guys to your practice squad. So if an injury happens to one of your top five you could immediately move one of those guys up. You don't necessarily have to keep them on your uh, your 53. And that allows you to then go deep in some other positions. That's how I would look at you it. You could sell me on five. Um, it wouldn't be a tough sell because if we were talking about who's the the plus one, Jalen Brooks versus Semi Fajoko, it's not a hill that I'm willing to die on if that death comes at the risk of someone on defense, for example, particularly that defensive front, that you really just don't want to let go of. Isaiah Land comes to to mind in that kind oh, of. Oh, I kept him, so don't worry about that. Right, <laughs> yeah. but that's my point. Like, it's a, that kind of guy. Like, you want a Jalen Brooks or a Simi, shorted, or would, you want an Isaiah Land? I, when right? we get to defense, I, I'm going to blow you away with what I did on defense. Yeah, I think so. All right, let's move on. Let's get to our tight ends again. I think this one might be. Um, a fairly easy one yeah. to, to it do. It got Let's a lot easier four. after injury last right. week. Yeah. yeah, I think you got four and Jake, Jake Ferguson, Luke Schoonmaker, Peyton Hendershot, Sean McCune. We all agree? Agreed. All agree, yeah. yes. Agreed. All right, perfect. All right, let's move on. The offensive line, this gets a little dicey when you start talking about how many you actually think you will keep. Uh, so right now you've got guys like, obviously, Tyron Smith, Terrence Steele, Zach Martin, Tyler Smith, Tyler Biotis. Those five will be there. Those are your starters. Then you've got guys like Awesome Richards, TJ Bass, who's come on. You got a Matt Farniak, Matt Well, let's go, guys who've been here a little while. You got the veteran that you brought in, Chuma Odoga. Uh, you got guys like Josh Ball, Brock Hoffman, Alec Lindstrom. How many do you keep? And who are the names that stay outside of that top five? I got ten. You got ten. Give me your mm. your other five outside <laughs> of the top five. Okay. I went just naming them off in order here. Biotish. Bass, I, I did mine in the orders of numbers, so Got the it. jersey numbers. Biotish, Bass, Martin, Adoga, that hurt me, but I did it. <laughs> Tyler Smith, <laughs> I think Josh Ball is going to be on the roster one day. And then, and then I they'll I'll, move him. Them, and then move him. Awesome Richards, Tyron Smith, Terrence Steele, Matt Willetsko. Now, this is what I did. Which Who did you leave out? I left out. This is what I did. I'm going to freak people out with this one. Okay. I cut Lindstrom, the center, yep. Hoffman, the center, yep. and Farniak, the center. Yeah, I was about to say, who's your back? Where's your backup center? What I'm going to do is I'm going to try and get one of those guys to the practice squad, and then that is going to be I'm going to yo-yo that guy as the backup off the practice squad is okay. what I'm going to do. Okay, so let me talk me through what do you do in game if your center goes down? 
Well, that's what I'm saying. I'm going to put. So you may, one of those every week will get moved up exactly. to be active. Exactly. I got you. I got exactly. You. I got you. Exactly. I'm going to play the yo-yo game with my backups. You don't do those three times, so you, you just rotate the three of them, and, then, and that and gives then you maybe, nine games. Maybe injuries take care of themselves, yeah. or something happens, and I'm able to put one of those guys on full time. Yeah. But I'm going to go, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to cut three guys, the, like I say, Lindstrom, Hoffman, and Farniak. Do you and, risk losing Farniak? Just because offensive line is such a position, oh, no, where it is. it's a premium it place is. where people are looking for bodies. Yeah, right. Yeah, it is. But I also want to keep Isaiah Land on my team. Okay. So that's that. Now this is where I start to play the game of yeah. who would I rather have, and I kind of feel like okay, if you know Lindstrom, I don't think will get claimed. Hoffman is interesting because he's not going to fit everybody's eye. He doesn't look like your typical. NFL lineman, but they mm-hmm. really, really like him. Yep. Farniak has shown he can play in games. He did it last year, but I don't know if it's enough to where we'll see. I mean, there's some teams. I was talking to a team this morning uh, that traded for a center yesterday, and you know they were asking me about all these centers, and I said I put them all in the street, and they're like, hmm, that's interesting. So we'll see if they get these guys through. But I, on my list, I did it. I'm going. This is going to be kind of kind of funny. I'm going nine today, but I'll have ten before the team flies to New York. I got you. I know that game. Right. So that's yeah. the trade game. for one. Yeah. Uh, so or I, go look for or one that's out there. One. Uh-huh. Claim one, sign yeah. one outright. So Which that, is also the reason why you put all those centers out there. You might not be able to get all of them. They may not correct. all be available right. to right. you. Yeah. So right. I'm going nine with the initial cuts, but my goal is to add a plus one. Who are the four so, that you're going to keep? Um, uh, beside behind beside the top, top five. five, I'm going Awesome Richards, Brock Hoffman. I'm sending Josh Ball to season ending IR. Um, but you'll have to get him on the roster initially. Not if you send him. If you he's, put him, he's he's outright just putting him on. Yeah, oh, you just gonna put him on. So he's, he's gone. He's yeah, done. we'll yeah. revisit yeah. him next year. Oh, so that's where okay. I'm at with that. Because right. I and this is going to what Brian is talking about. Now you start to play the roster game as far as okay. Well, if I have to carry Josh Ball for one day, that means I have to risk somebody to waivers or let him go. Right. Then the question becomes: How severe is Josh Ball's injury? In addition to the type of injury itself, this is soft tissue, hip slash groin, on an offensive lineman. Reports are that it's uh, multiple weeks. McCarthy says that it's multiple weeks. Could this could much. easily yeah. drag out. I get that, but here's here's where I would wonder: Does it really help you? Because Josh Ball, I think we all agree agree, is a player that really needs work. He needs yeah. some mm-hmm. development. He's not going to get development if he's not even practicing with your team. So what's the point of putting him on IR? You're basically just saying a player that needs development can't get it, and we're going to start back over next year where he already is? I just don't know if that's helping Because my question on him is, let's say in that situation, right? And you're completely correct. But if he's not ready to even begin his on-field work until November, hypothetically, December, what did you just do that's, to that's, gain that? That's two, maybe two and a half months of on-field work for him still. Because there's an entire the, offseason but, coming at but that. But no, point. the coaches, the coaches value those practice sessions mm-hmm. because those practice sessions, you can't get that back in the offseason, right? That that's time that he could be getting work that they could be looking at him, they could be developing him. I still think it's valuable time I, yeah. that they just don't get back. I, I kept him active because I know in November I can't find an offensive tackle. <laughs> Very true. I mean, I've sat there and I've, my my personnel board at, in November looks like a, a Thanksgiving Day turkey after everybody's had their you know, <laughs> sit there. It's nothing but skin and bone. Carve that thing up. That thing looks like that board looks awful. And and I know if I have an opportunity, if I could bring Josh Ball back, and you're you're not wrong with him. It's rehab. 
the practice stuff will be important, but I know in November I can't find a tackle. And, and that's and why I'm fair, keeping him I'm keeping him but active. Then the question becomes what was he as far as ability concerned, as far as development in his where was he? He in had one foot in the parking lot right, until he before, played really well against Seattle. Right. Before I was I was ready to move on right. him and Adoga and guys like that. So that's my point. If yeah. he, he had one foot in the parking lot yeah. before he suffered a major injury. Yeah. And when he is available to come back, he's not coming back it's, in his prime form. And then yeah. his prime form had one foot out the door anyway. I just, it's like... Then, then, that beca- say, then it becomes that's... maybe the Jason Peters conversation on the back half, because we talked about that. Yeah. You bring in a, a veteran, particularly if Jason Peters, for example, is available, you know you're not going to get 17 plus the postseason from him. If things are skinny yeah. and you're looking at the bones of the situation in late November, early December, you can get you know, eight, nine games out of Jason Peters. So that becomes the conversation that I'm more comfortable with having. I mean, we'll see. More comfortable <laughs> with having versus. Man, you're kneeling down, rolling dice yeah. doing that one. Yeah, I, so, that's a lot, man. So that's, that's where I am on it. My four would be Awesome Richards, Brock Hoffman, Matt Willetsko, and Matt Farniak. All right. Amber. Um, the only Wait, thing did I, I say TJ Bass? You did. Yeah, you did. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. You initially did. I didn't know if you just said okay, it. Then, I, didn't say, I know okay, you said initially. initially. Yeah, 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 sure. So there you go. And last game, I was talking uh, on the sideline with Tyler Smith, and I asked him, I'm like, hey, what's it, who's a guy who has made the biggest jump in the O-line? And he said T.J. Bass. He's been playing really By crazy. far. Yeah, he's he's done really an amazing well. job. So um, that's always exciting to see and hear from a teammate. But I feel like there's somebody that's not on here, a name. Like, I, I just – I don't feel – completely confident in this group of backups as far as like is this it are we starting the whole season with this so i'm with you patrick in like there's a name that we do not know of just yet that's gonna come maybe that keeps a ball on the injured list they find somebody they trade for somebody they pick somebody up but that's that's i'm 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 just gonna try and cover my bases by having a guy available and yeah, that time. There's a our, shadow guy out there. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna take our final break. We're gonna come back. We're gonna get to this defense. <laughs> We're not <laughs> defense. Defense is gonna be a tough one to cut. We'll yeah. talk about that when we come back. DallasCowboys.com radio. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savanna. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable, and now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. <laughs> but the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G, fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Don't put off getting your oil change, Dallas. Take 5 Oil Change. A proud partner of the Cowboys is faster than you think. There's no appointment needed and no waiting room. Yep, you heard that correctly. Take 5 is so fast, you don't even have to get out of your car. You can take advantage of Take 5's fast, friendly, and simple service at any of their locations across the Dallas area. And remember, at Take 5, you stay in your car because they're faster than you think. Take 5, the official oil change of the Dallas Cowboys. It's the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black. And right now, Cowboys fans can get 15% off their $75 order. Plus, because every deal needs a playmaker, your order will include a free five-piece skincare set and free shipping. The Jack Black Playmaker is four of Jack's favorites.
favorites in a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Make a play for the playmaker at getjackblack.com slash cowboys with the code cowboysvip. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys with the code cowboysvip. They say champions are remembered, but legends are never forgotten. United Ag and Turf offers a winning lineup of John Deere equipment built to tackle any challenge on and off the field. Legendary John Deere tractors, combines, residential mowers, commercial mowers, compact construction equipment, gator utility vehicles, and a full line of golf and sports turf equipment. United Ag and Turf, the official Ag and Turf equipment supplier of the Dallas Cowboys. Visit unitedagandturf.com to find a location near you. Back to the break. Oh, this is me. <laughs> yeah, this is me. I was trying to figure out about Chauncey Gould, so I played him at defensive tackle. Do you ah. eat, sleep, and breathe Dallas Cowboys football? Tell us how you spice up the game for a chance to be named the 2023 Cowboys Fan of the Year. Presented by Captain Morgan and win exclusive prizes, plus a trip to the Super Bowl at Super Bowl 58. Nominate yourself or another, uh, another today at DallasCowboys.com slash Fan of the Year. Okay, here we are. We're in the final segment of the break. We have cut the offense. Now it's time to cut the defense. And actually, the way I want to look at this is instead of breaking it down by position, I'm going to do front seven and then the back half of the defense. And the reason why is because, you know, you can start playing these games of, well, where are we going to put Micah for the sake of a number? Let's not play those games. Let's just say. You knew we were going to play. Yeah, yeah, y'all going to play that game. Y'all already gave me that indication. So we're not going to play that game. So what we're going to do is I want you to talk me through who are the guys you're keeping on the defensive line and at linebacker position, and who are the notable cuts? All right. So let's start first with you, Brian. Okay. Well, to keep, to keep. Now this is where I went: Land, Williams, Fowler. You want me to take the defensive tackles too? You want all the front you seven? Can, you can talk about them first as defensive ends, and then you can morph into the okay. defensive tackles those and then are, the linebacker. Those are some ends: Mozzie Smith at tackle, Demarcus Lawrence at end, Dorrance Armstrong at end. Junior Fajoko at end, Hankins at tackle, Osa at tackle, and Chauncey Golston is a tackle, is what I did there. So that gave me uh, 10 defensive linemen. Who were the notable guys that were left off? The notable guys that I released off that list, I took off... I took off dirt, well, notables. Quentin Bohanna yep. and Gallimore were the two notables. Everybody yeah. else, Johnson, Alicone, Wheat, Bagagoo. Is that how you say Bagagoo? That's uh that I, those are the guys that I took off the list. But but the notables, I went took Quentin Bohanna and Neville Gallimore off the list. You ready to give up on those guys at this point? I moved on. All right. This is interesting. All right, so I'm just gonna give you the, the defensive line. All right. And so for me, you got Demarcus Lawrence, Mozzie Smith, also Digizua, Michael Parsons. That you can split hairs. Is he, you know, DE yeah, or I is he you. linebacker? But he's he's there. Sam Williams, Jonathan Hankins. I kept Neville Gallimore, Dorrance Armstrong, Junior Fajoko, Dante Fowler. Notable cuts for me: Quentin Bohanna and Chauncey Golston. So did you say land? Did you say land? Oh, and I say land. I say land. You cut. You, you are keeping. No, 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 I'm keeping land. Okay, keeping I'm land. keeping land. Okay, um, so you're you're walking so, yeah, away so from Golston in the previous segment, and so Bohanna. Yeah, Quentin Bohanna and Chauncey Golston are my notable cuts. So okay. Isaiah Lamb makes my 53 man roster. Got it. Okay, and where are your linebackers? Uh, linebackers: Leighton Vanderesh, Damone Clark. Um, God, this is where it gets wild because the problem I have is 
Jabril Cox versus Devin Harper versus Malik Jefferson. Jefferson came on strong. Jack Wars went down with a foot injury, didn't play since. Uh, Century settlement. Yeah. Devin <laughs> Harper, though. So it's Devin Harper versus Jabril Cox. Um, three minimum. I'm probably running four because I lost to Marvion Overshone. So I keep Devin Harper and Jabril Cox. And then you're gonna you're gonna ask both of those guys to do What's some special teams. What's the deal with Jabril anyway. Cox? What do you mean? I just I hear he start, mixed opinions. Started off camp and very he's strong. Been on and off. Started off camp very strong, which rolled off of a strong OTAs and mini camp. Uh, the back half of camp cooled down a bit, but I wonder if that's true outright or if that's true contextually based on what we saw DeMarvion Overshawn putting on the field. And then we looked at Jabril Cox and said, why aren't you doing what the rookie's doing? So it might be a combination of the two things. But losing DeMarvion Overshawn, I can't run light at linebacker. Yeah. Even if I'm looking for Marquise Bell to try to contribute in that flex role, I still can't run light at true linebacker. That's a place I'm looking to claim. If I'm going to probably claim players, I'm looking at linebackers that because, are to claim. Yeah, because what you're really looking for are special teams guys yeah. that are at right, the linebacker I mean. position. Cox, you can yeah, probably find those guys out on the they play you can find so those guys much, on, the, on the waiver wire. They play so much dime, so much nickel on this team. I yeah. wonder. I, it, kind of, it kind of swayed me. I moved on from Jabril Cox. I, I think there were some things. His strength is supposedly coverage and there were times where he wasn't good in coverage and there were times where you watch him play at the point of attack and he really wasn't good defending the run so i that's just me you know i've not talked to anybody in the organization about that at all but i kind of feel like that they'll they'll move on there so you're thinking LVE, Damone, Clark are the only two you're keeping, and then obviously Micah, if Micah is yeah, listed I, as a linebacker. Exactly. I, I think to me, like I, I've listed, I've listed Micah as a linebacker is what mm. I've done. So, so those I've got, three, I've got, I've got Parsons, Clark, Harper. And, oh, you keeping Harper? Okay. Yeah, and then uh, Van Der Esch. Yeah. So I got four with the possibility of claiming some guys if I if I need to. Right. Amber. See, I'm right with uh I like Brian's list. The only guy that I don't think I'm ready to move on for from just yet is Neville Gallimore. But mm. then for that name, I'm not sure who am I taking off. It's it's probably going to it's Gallimore versus Bohanna versus Chauncey Golston. That's kind of what it boils yeah. down to. And I think he's to me right now he's slightly ahead of Bohana just because based on every time that I've looked it's always been more of Gallimore that I've seen versus Bohana so that I think yeah that's that's the only change um and then my concerns about Jabril Cox just from things that I've heard around the building just mixed opinions about him Mm -hmm. but totally agree as far as bodies you need it (laughs) unless you bring in some other guy that you pick up from another team that's cut all right real quick I moved on from Bohanna and then also Gallimore I don't want any excuses for not to play Mozzie Smith that's what I'm thinking about. I, I think that moving on from Bahana does eliminate that excuse. Yeah. I don't know that a, uh, releasing Gallimore would create that excuse. I think Gallimore's presence doesn't change the Mozzie Smith rep count for me. And, and Well, that's I think Chauncey Golston would be my three or my right. under tackle. That, that's the only, that's right. where yeah. I think Gallimore would be. Yeah. But I don't want anybody telling me, oh, we've got two guys ahead of Mozzie Smith. Yeah, no. Just play him. Yeah. You know, either figure out he's good enough or he's not. Yeah. So I don't, I'm not going to leave an excuse there. And I do wonder, though, when you start thinking about it from that standpoint, like, does that mean that, that you're going to have to really count on Golson to play a lot? 
because yeah. that, at that point you only got, I don't think Mozzie or Hankins are going to be lined up at three technique. No. Uh, unless the they're in a, a Mozzie, heavy format where they're really just trying to stop actually, the run. Actually, it's funny where Mozzie's played some wide technique, wide three, mm-hmm. and some, and it's actually looked pretty good doing it. Yeah. Because he just gets, you know, it just straight up, just yeah. go right up the field kind of a thing. So you right? think he might be able, there may be I, some opportunities I, for him and Hankins it, to be I, on the yeah, field at the same time. Exactly. I'm keeping him as that one or that nose. But I also know that there's been times where he has played a wide shade, is what they call yep. the outside shoulder, and he's been okay. So, but I, I, I don't want to hear like there's two guys ahead of him and they don't want to play him. Mm. Play him. Just play him and figure it out. See where he goes. All right. Let's real quick get to the defensive backs. Another tough position to cut. You got cornerbacks where you got Trayvon Diggs and Stefan Gilmore and Deron Bland and Jordan Lewis uh, as probably your top four. And then a guy like CJ Goodwin, who is your special teamer. Do you go deeper than that, or do you see yourself cutting people like Kelvin Joseph, Nashawn Wright, or Eric Scott? I go five cornerbacks. Um, obviously, Diggs, Gilmore, Bland. I activate Jordan Lewis this week. There's my four, and my fifth is C.J. Goodwin because he's your definitive special yep. teams ace, and you just don't move on from him. So you move away from Nashawn Wright, who is a guy that still is, I think, obviously somebody that you like. Practice squad. Yeah. Yeah, I put him on. I put he would him absolutely on, make it to the press. Yeah, I put right on the active roster for one day, and I'm going to put him on IR the next. That's fair. Is what I'm going to do, and then that way I, I could get him kinda, later. Yeah. I could just kind of keep him in the building. Yeah, I think there's some flexibility with McQuamu if you want to play him at True. corner two. If they did that go, last year for yeah, a game or two. Yeah. yeah, I think Jordan, you're absolutely right. Everything I'm hearing about Jordan Lewis is they're the same plan that they did with Gallimore, uh, Gallup last year. You know, keep him active and, yep. and let him get ready. Okay. What are you thinking about? Uh, so, so you you both are are willing to, to part ways with both Kelvin Joseph and Eric Scott? Yes, I I did. Yes, I, I think that while Eric Scott has had a strong camp as far as practices are concerned, as far as the games are concerned, he's been caught a few times with his eyes in the backfield. There's still some development there. I'm still high on the kid. I think that his ceiling is is quite high, just not quite ready yet. But definitely earned a spot on the practice squad. Develop him there more, and I think he'll make an impact at some point before this year is over. Um, Kelvin Joseph, you, you can try to get him on the practice squad as far as trying to save face on you know what point he was drafted in. He's shown some signs in the past couple of games. So at worst, you know, sure, practice squad spot because you're going to need several cornerbacks when you practice squad anyway. And yeah, I'm ready to. Dang it! I hate. I, I, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's hard sometimes to be professional and <laughs> separate, you know, feelings from yeah. what you see. But um, I do think, despite some of the misses he's had I do think that he's made somewhat of a jump and I'm talking about Kelvin Joseph here I think he he's grown and he is a guy that can possibly stay on your practice squad and not necessarily somebody's gonna come out and I, I the same thing goes to a lot of these guys in on the back end that I think that they could be on the pra- practice squad and not risk some other team come and pick it up or sign them and you still have them at the tip of your hands whenever needed but so how how many guys was that total? Uh, I think we came up to five is what what we're kind of yeah, agreeing I'm, I'm, is yeah. five is five is our number of cornerback and then you got safety where you've got Donovan Wilson, Jerron Curse, and uh, Malik Hooker. You know it will be here. You assume Marquise Bell will be a part of that yeah. mix as well. So that's at four. Then you would also assume Israel McQuam was probably in that mix. Yeah. Do, mm-hmm. What happens with guys like Wanye uh, Thomas or Tyler Coyle? Uh, so where do you go with, with the safety position? I, I went long there. I went. My guys are Wilson, ex, yeah, Wilson, uh, Curse, Hooker, Thomas, 
Bell is what I went there. And you let McQuamu go? Uh, McQuamu I have is that corner safety. So he's going to be in the mix. He's, he's going to make the team, but you're not putting him in either position. Yeah, yes, exactly. I got yeah. Same thing, kind of kind of how we look at Chauncey, Gol- Chauncey mm-hmm. Golston. Absolutely. Got it. I, I, he, he nailed it. That's exactly where I am with it because the reason I only ran five at corners is because I know Izzy gives me flexibility between safety and cornerback, yep. but in doing so, i got to run long at safety. So and you, you got, got your to top add three. the whole linebacker situation Right, as same well. with Marquise Bell. Yeah. Ver, you know, is he a linebacker? Is he a safety? So that makes me run long at safety. So you got the top three, Hooker, um, Dono, and Curse, and then behind him, you, behind them, you got Marquise Bell, Israel McQuamu, um, Juan Thomas. To keep Thomas. Yeah. Yes. yeah. You agree with that, Amber? Yes. All right, and I think for our specialists, Sieg, Aubrey, Anger, we feel certain those Aubrey the made guys. the team. Yeah. Were you guys happy about that? That that field goal, I, I thought that made me just at least know he's got the power. Now, you know, 59 yards is 59 yarder, but yeah. he has the power if you get into one of those game situations where he has the ability to do it. Mm-hmm. And that makes you that makes you a little bit intrigued. I say he I say he earned his spot. He yeah. made the team. Um, does that mean that I'm saying that his spot for the year is completely locked in? No, because I think Jerry Jones has a little bit of PTSD from the Brett Maher situation. So if if Brandon Aubrey, heaven forbid, goes out there and start misses starting, you know, miss extra points at some point in the season, yeah, then it's kind of iffy. Yeah. But as we have these roster cuts, yeah, the kid has absolutely earned his spot. Yeah, I think he closed the, the preseason very nicely because going into week two of the preseason, I was still having doubts. Or as far as like I didn't get to see enough of him. The Cowboys didn't give him enough opportunities. And, and, you know, it depends how the game is going and all that. But I think that last game at home against the Raiders kind of put a bow on that and made me feel a lot better for the start of the season. That is a wrap. And uh, we wish the best of luck to all those folks out there today who will be losing their jobs. Let's also remember that. Uh, But good luck to them. And uh, we'll be back on Thursday. We'll have more talk. We'll kind of dissect what the Cowboys did with their roster, maybe even any signings uh, that they may make. We'll talk about all that on Thursday. And then next week, we get you started. We're into the season. Until then, for Brian Broaddus, Patrick Walker, Amber Garcia, I'm Derek Eagleton. This has been The Break, live on DallasCowboys.com radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!